and I'm live again. Third time in one fucking day, huh? It's actually been weird because there's been kind of three phases. The first was my leaving Navin basically for Dublin. The second was me flying around the city centre. And this is me heading home. And I can tell you the view on my windscreen is a lot fucking different than it was when I left. It's bright now. It's the middle of the day, essentially. It's seven o'clock. So what did I want to say to you? Yes. In the last episode, I think I asked you to remind me of something, but I've since reminded myself, so no need. I wanted to talk to you about how I manage to do what I'm doing. This idea of talking at length, both on the solo episodes and the conversations that I'm having. I've been kind of wondering to myself what makes me slightly different to most people because I think it's fair to say most people couldn't do this. Now, not that I'm trained to do it or that I've worked particularly hard at doing it. I've said this about something else recently as well. I find myself being completely unprepared but fully prepared because, look, what, other, what better way can I put it I've been talking to myself for fucking 20 years more you can say I've been talking to myself for 34 years so I've just incorporated the out loud bit a little bit more I say a little bit more because I've been talking out loud to myself for a very very long time but what, we, what made me go down this rabbit hole that I'm going down is something that happened to me last night I was at home herself was visiting her dad who it's not looking like he's going to make it past the next couple of days and I was at home with the newborn Kiva she was asleep beside me in her little cot thing and Fionn the main man he was asleep in his bed so I kind of had the house to myself and I was pottering around you know, tidying up and making a few notes and just getting my shit together as I, as I call it and uh, embrace yourself because this is going to sound very very weird and very very strange and very cold hearted and very psychopathic and all sorts of crazy but it seemed to me for a second that Kiva had stopped breathing now any new parent will know this feeling this (coughs) feeling of uh, you know are they breathing are they fucking alive and you know oh my god what the fuck and uh, I'm worse with Kiva than I was with Fionn I don't know why I've often found that the second time you do something can be kind of more nerve-wracking than the first because I think you know a little bit more of kind of what you're in for But the weird thing was when I thought that she had stopped breathing and again, for for people who don't have kids or maybe for people who have fucking 10 kids and just this has never happened to it's relatively common for a parent of a newborn to literally wake the child so that the child will be fast asleep minding its own business, dreaming away and then you basically poke it or shake it to basically make it cry so that you know it's still fucking alive 
because paranoia can creep in and you know when you're dealing with a newborn better to be paranoid and to wake a sleeping child than for there to be a breathing issue or a, you know or some sort of a restriction or whatever because that's obviously you know everyone's worst nightmare is a, a you know a, a child to fucking die on their watch like Jesus Christ is oh my I won't nothing I won't even go there which it just it just doesn't fucking bear thinking of but anyway I got this notion into my head that maybe she wasn't breathing and the thought that immediately popped into my head and this is what's going to kind of sound fucked up the thought that popped into my head was and I don't mind saying this because this was almost an unconscious thing I didn't intend to say what I said in my head but what I said in my head was don't die on my watch not oh my god don't die or oh my god are you okay no 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 no. the selfish the, the pure selfishness of my inner being for want of a better term said the words not out loud but in my head said the words don't die on my watch or something to that effect I can't remember exactly word for word what the thought was but it it amounts to nothing more or less than don't let this happen while I'm the one in, in charge or in control almost as if to say that it would in some way be okay if my poor fucking fiance was the person that was there when something terrible happened now I instantly recoiled in horror at the thought because I, it, it was made apparent to me immediately, instantaneously. As soon as that thought aroused, I went, Jesus, Frano, fucking hell, man. And I tried not to beat myself up too much about it because I, you know, I, I don't stand by that thought. I, I don't, I obviously don't want to be there if anything that happened was to happen but more to the point I don't want there to ever be anything bad happen my fucking newborn daughter Jesus Christ like the, the epitome of innocence wrapped up in a little blanket but why am I sharing this with you because that wasn't a particularly heated moment I had spent the previous you know half an hour or 45 minutes sitting down browsing through different things on my phone watching the odd YouTube clip on the TV writing the odd note I made myself a a hot whiskey because I'm still kind of getting over a bit of a head cold so why have just a head cold when you can have a head cold and a bit of a hangover so I I was as relaxed as as you could be I I had a, a, a pretty productive day I loaded the van up for my delivery that you just joined me with over the last two episodes I had done that yesterday I had bought material to build more stuff in my place of business to help with increased capacity and I had, I had had a very productive day and I find that I tend to relax a lot more in the evenings when I've had a productive day I find that the nights when I end up spending half the night mindlessly flicking through YouTube videos or 
articles online about stuff I don't really care about. I tend to do that far more often when I haven't had a particularly productive day. And I think what I'm doing is I'm, I'm trying to find something online that will justify the day I've just had and will justify my going to bed will allow me to go to bed and say, right, you've actually done something. Even if it was just watched an hour or two of YouTube, and even if that wasn't remotely productive, or maybe if it had a negative effect. But if I've had a really productive day, I find I can go to bed that little bit earlier and get to sleep that little bit quicker because I'm, I suppose, at, at peace with myself to a degree. But getting back to that thought that I had, and how relaxed I was when that talk came to mind. I wasn't stressed out of my head. I wasn't in the middle of a heated argument with somebody. And that, I think, is the point that I want to make. We think certain things, and we've all done it. You mightn't have said what I said about my newborn baby, but you've probably said something else that you immediately regretted and, I suppose, felt ashamed of for having thought it. And that could, man that could manifest itself in a whole load of different ways. You might get the thought of, oh, I'd love to smash your fucking head in to some woman who was rude to you in a shop. <laughs> and that might make you go, Jesus, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> I wouldn't actually do that. Or maybe it's, oh yeah, I'd definitely give her one and she's, you know, related to you, or so, I don't know. <laughs> you know, these thoughts enter our heads, I think, and depending on how mentally fit you are, you can really drive yourself into the ground with guilt from having said something that you don't think. But so long as it's in your head, it doesn't really matter because nobody else hears it. And I can get away with telling you what I said as ashamed as I am of having not said it, but said it to myself, thought it said. I can get away with that because I voluntarily, I, vol I voluntarily given that up, say. That didn't slip out. This recording was somewhat premeditated. I knew at least the topic I was going to talk about. Not the words that I was going to say, but what happened last night happened and I knew I was going to talk about it. So there's a, a, a premeditated element that takes away from the, the shock of me blurting it out almost unconsciously. And I've mentioned before about the difference between uh, the filter that we have. So we have this filter that stops us from vocalizing our internal dialogue. We, we tend to think thoughts. And some people don't have that filter. And that can be kind of really refreshing. There are some people that, as the Irish expression, expression goes, can't hold their piss which basically means anything that comes into their head, it just comes out their mouth. And that can be quite refreshing, as well as quite annoying. And those people tend to be, I don't know, 
simple sounds derogatory. I do mean simple and simplistic, but I don't mean it in a derogatory sense. You can be quite simple and quite simplistic in a very, very deep and meaningful and powerful way. But there's something very simplistic, something very easygoing, something very, I don't know, caring or warm, I don't know if they're the right words, about people like that. People who just speak their mind. Refreshing, I think, is the term, which is a shame. It's a shame to think that people who speak their mind is somehow refreshing, because that alludes to the fact that not many people do, because something wouldn't be refreshing if you got it all the time. It's only refreshing because it's rare. But this idea of uh, this idea of having this internal dialogue and there being a danger in a sense of not having that filter is what I think people are afraid of when they come on the podcast or it's, it's what stops them from coming on the podcast. They're, they're afraid of what they're going to say. And a lot of people have said that, including people who've come on. And a shout out to Darren McCann, I think my last guest that I've uploaded. It's not my last guest. Joy Booth was my last guest, but she hasn't been uploaded yet. She'll go live Sunday night, ready for a Monday morning set. But in fairness to Darren, like he was, I think fair to say, shitting it pretty much throughout the recording. And if not throughout the recording, absolutely at the start and absolutely in the run-up to it. But he kind of, you know, sick bag at the ready, felt the fear and did it anyway. And, you know, fair play to him again. Fucking kudos for that. Takes, takes real balls to, to be terrified of something and to do it anyway. And to, you know, put yourself out there. It takes balls, so fucking fair play again, brother. And fair play to anybody else who has come on or who will come on. Because it is kind of daunting. I can do it, though. And I can do it with relative ease. And that's what I'm laboring to get to. I think the reason that I can do this more naturally than, than most say is because I'm not ashamed of any of the views that I hold. I'm not secretly a racist. I'm not secretly bigoted. I'm quite publicly racist, I'm quite publicly bigoted. And I think there's, there's, there's utility in, in racism and bigotry. Because it's, it's, it's in some way necessary. Now, I don't mean racism in so far as, you know, black people are all bastards. That's, that, that kind of, you know, extreme racism, that's just fucking nonsensical. That's... That's a, that's a sign of a, of a lack of intelligence, I would say. Or at the very least, a lack of understanding. Or a lack of education. Or a lack of awareness, at the very least. And that, that again, that, that's extreme racism or extreme bigotry. You know, hating the Jews because, you know, fuck the Jews. That's, that's nonsensical. That's rubbish and complete nonsense. But there's utility in being, you know... Look, and look. We're, I'm, I'm, I'm entering the world of definitions here, which can be, as far as I'm concerned, some of the most interesting and most boring territory 
that there is to cover. Racism, as far as I'm aware, is defined as judging somebody by the by their race, basically. Typically by the colour of their skin or maybe their their dress, you know, their, their, like their attire. And to say that we don't do that, to say that we don't judge a book by its cover, is to me at least to be completely, totally and utterly disingenuous. Because we do. We need to, I would argue. Because when you're walking down a poorly lit laneway and some guy kind of, some shifty looking fucker with a black eye and something that you can't quite make out in his hand, you know, comes towards you, you're going to judge that book by its cover all day long and get the fuck out of there. And rightly you should. Because people who don't get mugged And granted, that's not exactly racism or bigotry, but it's just an example of how we need to judge the book by its cover. And because I suppose this is a relatively touchy subject, I might, I might revisit it, having put my thoughts on paper and have a beginning, middle and end of what it is that I'm trying to get across because I don't want to needlessly piss anybody off but I do want people to be aware that I am a little bit racist and I would argue that everybody is and to deny that isn't helpful to say the least but getting back into this idea that I'm not what am I not I'm not ashamed of the thoughts that I hold I think that's why I can speak so freely and why I'm not afraid of kind of tripping up over myself. Because when you speak freely and when you don't keep secrets from yourself and from others, let's, let's say if I was an actual racist, I couldn't talk about racism and I couldn't talk about bigotry and I couldn't talk about the utility of it. Because all the while I'd be concentrating too much on not appearing racist because I am racist, if that makes sense. And I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts on that because one of the beauties of these internal dialogues of mine that I'm recording and kind of putting out there to the world is it's getting my own thoughts straight in my head because I know what my thoughts are on the utility of racism and bigotry. I don't know if I throw in the utility of misogyny in there. I think misogyny is something that can be stamped out over time and should be stamped out over time. Whereas racism, and by racism I mean racism under the guise of judging the book by its cover. I don't mean it as a justification for hating, you know, populations of people for no other reason than that's what you were fucking raised to think or do. That's, again, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. That's fucking ridiculous. Jesus Christ, it's 2018. Educate yourself for fuck's sake. That's just nonsense. 
But again, what I think allows me to speak so freely is that I'm comfortable in my own skin. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm not ashamed of any of the views that I hold. And I'm keen to have my views changed, ideally in real time. Very hard, if not impossible, not impossible, but, but very hard to do in a solo episode because I don't have that person hitting the ball back to me. But I would love to have my views changed kind of live on a recording so people can listen in firsthand on somebody having their opinion changed. Because these days, you know, changing your opinion is almost a sign of weakness. It's almost a sign that somebody has one-upped you in a sense. Someone has, you know, gotten the better of you, proven you wrong, as if that was a bad thing. And I think that if more of us made the effort to have our views changed, then the better we'd all be. So yeah, this is fucking episode three today. Quick time check. 21 minutes, I've waffled enough, I think. That'll be three for one day. I might get in a fourth today. Who fucking knows? Jesus, will I do the 40 and 40? Interesting. Again, let me know what you think. I'm off the lead at gmail.com. Hit me up on Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash off the lead. And I'll chat to you very soon.